Number one, point characteristic number one is a healthy body. And if, if anybody is sitting in for the first time tonight and you're like, how does she have the right to compare a physical body to the church? Please, please, please go to Covenant Church of East Texas on Facebook or CCOET on YouTube and look up lesson number one of this series and I spend time showing you in the Word of God how the church is called the body of Christ, okay? That way I don't take the time to, to reiterate all of that tonight. Number one, a healthy body takes in what is necessary for life and vitality. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Let's see if you can see where they took in We'll give her a second because I didn't give her any of these ahead of time. Is it stuck? She may have to. I, I, if you know Pastor Jan can uh, quote it, and I may can too. And on the day of Pentecost, they were all, there we go. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Why do we gather together? Right there, they gathered together. They were all in one place, keep going. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, keep going. And sudden there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. Everybody say filled. There you go. Right there they took in what was necessary for life and vitality to be filled. I am absolutely taking in caffeine, which is necessary to vitality, by the way. So when I am filled with this iced latte with lots of heavy cream in it, how, am I filled with it when it's just right here beside me? Am I filled with it when I'm holding it? Am I filled with it when I notice it and see it and recognize it? I'm filled with it when I take it in. Okay? So right there, they were filled not because it was around them, not because it was presented to them, but because they took it in. They take in. They give us the example right there. If we are going to be the church that Jesus Christ called us to be, it is necessary that we must take in what is necessary for life and vitality. Everybody see it? Number two, characteristic number two is a healthy body discards what is unnecessary and harmful to life and vitality. I'm not showing you every instance because I don't have that much time. So I'm just going to give you one scenario for each of these characteristics. That ought to be good enough, right? Acts chapter 5, because I don't think any of these are an accident. Acts chapter 5, verse 15. Let's look here and see where they discard what is unnecessary and harmful to life and vitality. So they brought the sick. How many of you know we need to discard some sickness? We don't need to be living 
with sickness that's destroying our lives, okay? So they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches so that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Keep going. But a certain man, oh, also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem bringing sick people. Why? Because they're like, I got to discard this infirmity. I got to discard this sickness. And so they were bringing sick people. And those also who were what? Tormented by unclean spirits because they don't belong in our life. And everybody read the last line with me. And they all were healed. They were all healed. Okay. What does that mean? That means somebody walked up with a sickness and was able to discard it and leave without it. That means somebody came in tormented by demons, discarded those ugly things, and walked away without them. We will be the church that discards things that do not belong in your life or in my life. Everybody say, in Jesus' name, amen. That's Acts chapter 5. Number three, characteristic number three is a healthy body grows by the multiplication of healthy cells. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2, Casey, and let's go to verse 40. Acts 2. Answer. And with many other words, Peter, that's Pete, that he is Peter, testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Go on. Then those who gladly received, took in his word, were baptized. And that Day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. The book of Acts grew. We will grow in Jesus' name, all right? We will never be an exclusive church. We will be an inclusive church because it doesn't matter what. I'm going to speak to the world out there. It doesn't matter what your present circumstance looks like. Come to Jesus and he can change your life. We will not be the church that cleans them up before they can come to Jesus. In fact, we will not even be the church that cleans them up. We will be the church that brings them to Jesus and lets Jesus do what only Jesus can do. It will never be our four and no more here. We will never be full of cliques, and we will never believe in excluding others. We exclude spirits, but we welcome people. <clears throat> so we will grow by the multiplication of healthy cells. Number four, a, a, the fourth characteristic of a healthy body is it functions according to instructions from the head. So let's go to, let's see if they did this in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. We're going to kind of jump around here, Casey. We're going to go um, from 4 to 8, but just 4, 8 to save some reading. And being assembled together, there they are assembled again. I didn't even put this. This is why we assemble and being assembled together with them, Jesus, that he, you can go up 
to Acts chapter 1 at the beginning, and you will see that this is Jesus speaking to them, which we have already determined is the head of his church, right? So, and being assembled together with them, the head, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Let's go to verse 8. Let's see what they did. He tells them, you shall receive power when the whole, this is the head instructing, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. All right, let's go to verse 12 and let's see if they received their instructions from the head. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath's day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were, everybody say, staying. Why? Because he told them to. It was Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, Judas, the son of James. All of these, it says, continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Why? Because the head told them to go and wait until they were filled. So these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come. I already read that. All right? So how many of you clearly see right there that they followed, they took instructions from the head and that's why we will receive our instructions from Jesus Christ. Number five, a healthy physical body is coordinated. We're going to go to Acts chapter 6 verse 1. When I gave this lesson, I talked about how we have to have a lot of things operating at the same time. So while I'm talking to you and my hand is doing this, my head is doing this, and my foot is doing this, and my stomach is processing that. All at the same time, okay? And so my hand is not having to say stop so the head can do this, so the foot can do this, like at one at a time. All at one time, it's, it's all happening, and I'm speaking all at the same time, and it's coordinated, okay? So that means that Today, this church, we have to have a bunch of things going on at the same time, coordinated flawlessly, okay? Let's see if we see that in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. We're going to go through 7. Now, in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, why? Because they were growing, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. So then the 12 apostles summoned the multitude, which is the church of the disciples, and said, it's not desirable that we should stop doing this, okay? We need somebody else to go do this so we can do it at the same time, right? And we got to be coordinated. So he said... We don't need to stop. It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and go serve tables. 
Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, taking in what they're supposed to take in, full of wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business so we can do several things at the same time flawlessly. They said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And then they chose, they named seven men that they chose. They anointed them. They prayed for them. They laid hands on them. And look here. Then the word of God spread as the church became coordinated. The word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Okay. So that's why it's okay. When Pastor Jeremy is doing one thing and Kenneth's doing another thing and Mike is doing something else and Wes is doing something else and Julio's doing something else and Chucky's doing something else. Now imagine if Mike refused to work and serve the kingdom of God without Pastor Jeremy being there with him. And Kenneth refused and Wes refused. Everybody refused then how stuck would we be? Okay? So that's why we don't pastor on Tuesday nights. Mario Caliguri is the best help night pastor we have ever had. And he says, don't call me a pastor. He's a shepherd. And that's okay. And you know what? It's great that nobody is trying to ask us what shots are called on Tuesday night. Because we've got to be coordinated. And the mouth is never trying to be the ear. But the mouth can eat. I don't know if you've ever, if you have ever, well, we exercise it every Wednesday night. You eat popcorn while your ear listens to me teaching. Okay? So, you got it? Got it. If you, say, say got it if you got it. All right, number six, a healthy body is flexible. Now, I talked about this and... And I, I talked about how uh, to be flexible, we bend, we bow, we yield our lives rather than being stiff. As the Bible, um, the rebellious and the religious were called in the word of God, they were called stiff-necked. And they didn't bow to Jesus, they resisted Jesus, okay? Ultimately, they killed Jesus, okay? So it's very important that we don't resist the moving of God among us, but that we yield to the moving of God among us. Let's see if they did that in the word of God. Submissive, these are the words that go with flexible. Submissive, yielding, not rebellious, not resistant, and, and not prideful. Acts chapter 7, verse 51 Stephen says to the religious, we'll go to Acts 7 and 51. He says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always, why are they stiff-necked? Because you always resist what? The Holy Spirit. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did so do you. When they heard these things, verse 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they, instead of repenting, they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, 
He gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. And then they cried out with a loud voice. They stopped their ears because they were not flexible. They were resistant, stiff-necked. They stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named, named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he, was, as he was calling on God. Look how flexible he was. Not my will, but thine be done. He said, Lord Jesus, I have received your spirit. Now you receive my spirit. And then he, because he was flexible, he knelt down. And he cried out. And he surrendered his life for the cause of Christ. We will surrender our lives. To Jesus Christ. You have an example right here of what it means to be flexible. That's receiving the Holy Spirit. That is receiving the things of God. And also you have an example of what it means to not be flexible. And that is resistant. And I will tell you, if you are resistant to the things of God, you will decide, you will desire to kill what you can't control. They did it to Stephen. They couldn't control Stephen, so therefore they killed Stephen. Number seven, a healthy body. This is what I spoke about last week. And I'm going to end with this one. A healthy body feels pain. I talked last week about how pain is our friend because pain is a messenger that says, hold on a second, something's wrong. Pain is saying, give me some attention Something is wrong in your body. It needs to be attended to. I talked last week about how we have to have a healthy perception of pain. So let's see if the healthy church experienced pain and if instead of ignoring it, they paid attention to it and they let it stop. Remember last week I said pain is God designed in order to prevent harm? Remember me saying that? Let's see if we find that in the book of Acts. All right, Acts chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to go just in subsequent order here, Casey. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? Now look, here's the whole issue. To lie to the Holy Spirit. That was a problem right there. He lied to the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? But after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to who? God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down immediately and breathed his last breath. His wife did not see that, therefore she did not feel the pain of it. So let's keep reading. It says, so great fear 
came upon all those who heard these things. Look right here. Those who heard it, it hurt. They felt the pain, right? Great fear came upon them, but there was somebody that did not feel the pain of it, and it was his wife. Let's keep reading. So the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. That was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. She didn't feel the pain. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, I sold it for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young man came in and found her dead and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. Look here. That's hard to talk about. And I know people don't want to hear that. Here's the whole point. Those that heard it, felt the pain, processed it properly. Let's go to the next verse. So great fear because of the pain came upon all the church and upon all those who heard these things. They felt the pain. They processed the pain, and you don't see a third person that died. We will, we will surrender and yield to conviction. We will not run from teaching that steps on our toes. I'm going to close with this. If the keyboard player will come. I want to add this about pain. God designed a healthy physical body to feel pain for a reason. And pain, although it hurts, it's a blessing because it is supposed to get your attention before greater harm comes. I did teach last week what I just recapped, that pain is a messenger, but I want to add something tonight. We don't need to hate pain, and we don't need to ignore pain, and we don't need to try to run from pain, and we don't need to mask pain. We don't need to try to escape pain because pain tells us that something is wrong. Pain, in addition to being a messenger, pain is a teacher. To the three-year-old who doesn't believe that the burner on the stove is hot, the pain is supposed to hurt the three-year-old enough when he just barely touches it. So as to say, you don't ever want to do that again. So our sin hurts. When the Lord convicts us, it hurts. And sometimes he allows us to face the, the effects of, of our sin. But it's not because he hates us. It's not because he's abandoned us. He wants the pain to be just great enough where we'll say, I don't ever want to do that again. I don't ever want, my husband gave his testimony last night, and, and the Lord got his attention enough where he says, I don't ever want to do that again. The pain was so great. It was so intense. God, thank you for the pain. Because if the pain wasn't so bad, I might repeat that behavior. Pain is a teacher. And one of the important purposes of pain that I didn't get to say last week is that it has a purpose to tell us, 
please don't ever do that again. Because if you do that again, it may be worse than what you just felt. I also spoke last week about the enemy's introduction of painkillers to us anytime we want to escape pain. You know what they are. A credit card can be a painkiller. A wrong relationship can be a painkiller. I'm not going to take the time to tell what those are. You know what those are. And I talked about the fact that those painkillers offer no benefits but only offer detriments. But this is what I didn't mention last week. And I think tonight is the night to mention it. In the book of Acts. Well, let me go further back. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when you actually see Jesus. You never, Tim, I think about you for some reason when I say this. You never see Jesus show up with painkillers in his hand. You see Jesus show up with healing in his hand. And the book of Acts, the church in the book of Acts, they never show up with painkillers in their hand. They show up with the power of Jesus in their hand to bring healing, transformation, freedom. That's the church that we have to be. So we're going to process pain properly. And I want to speak to a certain group of people tonight. If you have been hurting since the day you were born, it just means something's wrong. And it's okay. Let's face it. Jesus is the remedy. Externally, people with skin on will never be your remedy. The therapist, the doctor, the spouse, the child can't get that deep into your heart. But the Holy Spirit is one that can go deep inside. And let me tell you what else the Holy Spirit can do. It can go back generations. Because you don't know that your great-grandmother might have hurt like you're hurting. Your great-grandfather might have hurt like you're hurting. And Jesus Christ has told us, tell the people, I'm not showing up with painkillers telling them they're going to have chronic pain. If they'll come to me, I'm showing up through my church with healing for their pain. Stand to your feet if you will. So if you have pain in your life tonight, we are going to be the church that believes in praying for you. We're going, to believe, we're going to be the church that believes in miracles, signs, and wonders. We are going to be the church that believes in deliverance, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We believe in healing. We believe in all of this. And we are not coming to you with Tylenol for the rest of your life. We are coming to you with the healing power of Jesus Christ. Lex, if you have something, I want everybody just to bow your heads at this time as Bryce plays. And there's a couple of prayers I want us to pray. If you're hurting, then I want you to say, God, help me. Help me to give my pain to you because I recognize that you're the only healer. You're the only answer for my pain. And I thank you that I don't have to have chronic pain. That's, that's the first prayer to people with pain. If you don't have pain, then I want you to say, Lord, everything that you intended for your church, do that in us and through us 
and you can start it in me. You can do it through me. You can do it in me. I welcome everything that you intended for your church. So I am going to open the altars because the church in the book of Acts believed in praying. They believed in laying hands on people. We will lay hands on you. We will pray for you tonight if you want to come. Are you ready? Thank you, Jesus. Like a rushing Jesus breathe This is where the church is coordinated. You can help me pray with people. It doesn't have to just be me. You can pray with people. You can do it too. We're hungry. Stir within my soul. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in me. I'll bring the music up a little more. Spirit is powerful. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in me. Like a mighty within my Come on, if you're in the pews, we're asking him. Lord, we're asking him to have his way in our life. I 